0: Guts and Grit Podcast, a podcast where we discuss overcoming the odds, resiliency, and never giving up. Join us each week as hosts John Melson and Mark Renahan discuss coming back from failure and never quitting. Guts and Grit, it's go time. Welcome to another edition of Guts and Grit. We are on episode 19. I am your host, Mark Renahan. You're going to have to forgive me today if I am a little nervous. We have a incredible special guest that I still can't believe is on right now. Anyway, of course, I am with Sergeant Melson coming to us from Fort Benning. Today's guest, for those of you who are watching, is a ultimate fighting champion sh- legend beyond belief. Uh, he comes from the incredible Gracie Jiu-Jitsu family. His, I believe your father was Elio Gracie, uh, one of the founders of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Their style has been adapted throughout the world. Uh, Hoist travels with um, his brothers, and they have a variety of studios. I'm losing it here. But, John, uh, how are you today? And everybody, welcome the one and only Hoist Gracie. Hoist, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're very, very excited. John, would you like to say hello?
1: Hey, Royce, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for what you guys do, man.
0: No, thank you for coming on. So, Royce, we, we like to just jump right into the show when we uh, get on the Guts and Grip podcast. And and today, we wanted to talk about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I know it's uh, everyone's heard of it. A lot of people know what it is. Some don't. But I wanted to start off. You're originally from Rio de Janeiro. And what age were you when you started Jiu-Jitsu?
1: Man, on my family, we start jiu as soon as we can walk. Probably even before that, as we crawling, were crawling. We were already totally- the, the mats are playground.
0: <laughs> now, so how many brothers did you grow up with? And were you all doing jiu-jitsu?
1: My Uncle Carlos and my father. Uncle Carlos had 21 kids, 11 boys, 10 girls. And my father had nine kids, seven boys, two girls. Yes, all the boys were involved in jiu-jitsu. So do so uh, you some guys some have any fight brother fights? Some, some were just teaching, some were fighting. But everybody, one way or the other involved, yes.
0: All right, so how old were you, Grace? Uh, Sorry, Hoist, I'm losing it here. Uh, How old were you when you guys first decided to take Gracie Jiu-Jitsu nationwide? Like, whose idea was it? And, you know, what what did you do to get that out so that the whole world could experience it?
1: Well, the whole thing started back in Brazil with my father and my uncles. It was uh, once they learned the art of Jiu-Jitsu, it became a quest for them to find out which style is the best. So a lot of people took us the wrong way and said, oh, the graces are arrogant. They're trying to put down the other styles. No, we are in a quest to find out which style is the best. And been doing this in Brazil for many years. And then my brother, Horlon came to America and the whole quest started all over again because all the styles are claiming uh, the, my style is better than the karate is better than Kung Fu. Kickboxing, is better than boxing, everybody had that question. I mean, that question. So my brother just created the first UFC to kind of to answer that question. He got the best boxers, the best kickboxers, wrestler, judo, kick karate, taekwondo, kung fu to put it in a tournament style. And to fight three fights in one night. It was the first one. The first UFC was an eight-man tournament.
0: Uh, so yeah, it, it was. Now, I remember watching it. Um, I'm gonna be honest here. So the, at the first UFC, a bunch of us gathered at my friend Frank's house, and we were watching it. My friend Frank, is Frankie D, John, um was into martial arts at the time, and he had no, he knew about you beforehand. So when we started to watch the tournament, he told all of us, oh, wait, wait till you see this guy? He's gonna win the whole thing. Now, I, again, with zero disrespect at the time, there was you know, UFC had no weight classes it, you know, like you said, it was three fights a night. So I was looking at some of these apes that what you were going up against. And I'm like, there's no way that this, and he was like, I'm telling you, this guy is going to crush the place you watch. So I was like, uh, ah, it's going to be over. And in fight after fight, you would prove me wrong. And then the next one would come and I would say, oh, this, well, he got lucky with that one, this guy, but, and you guys proved right away that, you know, that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was the, you know, best out there, I would like to say.
1: It was it was the most complete style of martial art because everybody have all the other styles had a limit like a, a karate guy if you get in a clinch and take him to the ground he didn't know what to do a boxer the same thing a wrestler you pin him on the ground that's it the match is over not for Grace Jiu-Jitsu the fight goes on until somebody quit.
0: Now, John, uh, I know that, you know, up in the Army there, you guys have done some training and they've actually brought Gracie Jiu-Jitsu into your training. Can you talk about that for a second?
2: Well, actually, I wanted to ask Royce uh, if, if, you know, he could talk about it a little bit because I know earlier on in in the global war on terror, uh, the Army really started to develop its Combatants program and before the Army Combatants program, um, you know, Word on the street is, and I just want to get confirmation from him himself, is that the, the Gracies um, got involved with uh, developing a combatives technique with the um, with, with the Ranger Regiment early on. And uh, I, I'd like to, if, if there was any truth to that, if, if you could share a little bit with that.
1: It was, uh, it was uh, they used to come to LA and learn. Start with actually Matt Larson, um, and then he would brought us in to second battalion, first, third headquarters, and we're doing, teaching the top guys. But then he's like, "No, no, no, hold on. Let's teach. Let's restructure and start teaching from the from the beginning, from when they sign up." So yes, Matt Larson was uh, was big on the on the setting up the army combatants. So now after the army rangers took took uh, accept the whole army. Accept the arm, the new armed combatants us say, but it's yeah, all based yeah. on Grace Jiu-Jitsu.
2: Yes, yeah, that's the foundation. is the Jiu-Jitsu, um, and you know, years ago, um, long, in another lifetime, I, I had been a, a Boston police officer for a short time, and prior to that, um, I used to study uh, Taekwondo, Karate, uh, Muay Thai, and they started to bring in Jiu-Jitsu style. It was at a, a dojo, One Step Beyond, and Gary Eblin uh, he was the uh, self-defense uh, trainer for the Boston Police Department. Him and my cousin, Sean Dougherty, Scott Doherty, sorry, Scott, um, used to train and teach jujitsu at One Step Beyond. And I, I got a lot of benefit out of that. Whereas the boxing, I was out here, the, the kicks, I was out far, come in close it was the Muay Thai, and then go ahead and the grapple and takedowns with the jujitsu. And to this day, I still use it, and I train that with my soldiers as well. For the, for the
1: viewers that don't know the difference, is a boxer, he either hit the person or he doesn't. So as a police officer, you're going to hit the person, he's going to sue you back, and he's going to win because you're not allowed to hurt the suspect. So it's more humane the way we do it because we don't rely on on punching and kicking. We rely on subduing the opponent without hurting. The hurting is more of a an um, uh, option, if if depend what he's uh, doing, it depend how much he's resisting. I can apply a submission and put some more uh, pressure on it, pain, pain compliance, and but don't have to break it. Don't have to to, to choke anybody out. It's more of a pain compliance. <clears throat> Instead, of a karate guy would a, either he hits or kick, or he doesn't, or he can't do it. It's just it's there's no halfway. There's no in between.
2: So I got I got a question. I know Mark talked about you know when we were younger guys we were watching the UFC up and coming. Um, One of the for me and I think for Mark as well uh, one of the big rivalries. If it's a soft spot, I don't mean to bring it up, but man, you and Ken Shamrock, you guys would battle and (laughs) battle. What was what was that like?
1: Well, Ken Shamrock was supposed to be the favorite to win UFC one because everybody was still looking at physiques. Not at this. (laughs) So Ken Shamrock is about 220 pounds, built like the Greek god, man. The guy was like Chisel, and I'm 178. So I come in (laughs) hiding underneath the gear. So I come in and I choke him out the first fight in less than a minute. And that's when I choke him out and he tapped, I let go, and he tried to continue. And and whisper on his ear nicely, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at the ref and I said, ref, let it go. I'm, we're going to continue this fight. And that's when uh, Kesham Rock let go of my leg and he goes, you know what? You, you're right. I quit. I, I tap. You win. So, But then he want to come back and want to do it again. So we fought a second fight to a, it was a 36 minutes to a draw. And, uh, and then we just had the third fight. He insisted on having a third fight with me about five years ago. Boom! <laughs> out of retirement. And then I, I ended up. It was my last fight. My first knockout. Wow. <laughs> I, I was
0: gonna say when we go back to the, to the UFC, to me, the, one of the most impressive wins was uh, there was a, I think he was a judo guy named Remco Pardo or something, and and he was like six foot five, <clears throat> two ninety, and then this is the the one at first he had just clobbered some guy prior with a vicious elbow strike and then again he was tapped in like a minute and after that is when i was like all right i'm sold no one's ever ever beaten this gracie Jitsu." and it's actually to me it's fantastic that that they use it to train the military because you know not only do we have badass guys with you know that john trains them with the weapons now they're getting the best you know training for self-defense so that's that's uh pretty cool um hoist do you guys ever train law enforcement across the country
1: at the t- at the time, by the way, going back to the Renko Pardu over here. yeah Beat Gerald Godo on UFC one on the finals, and Gerald Godo went back to Holland and trained specifically trained Renko Pardu to beat me because Renko Pardu was a judo champion at the time and taught him some stand up. And then I fought. And I when I beat Remco Pardu, Gerald Godo went back to Holland. He told me that when we back he went back to Holland. He's like, we gotta learn this stuff. We definitely got to learn this stuff. (laughs) And uh, about the Army combatants, I remember going to Ranger Battalion. At the time, his name was uh, um, Colonel, uh, he was a Colonel McChrystal. He wasn't even a general yet. He was a Colonel McChrystal. And he came up to me and he's like, my soldiers will never use this. And I look at him i was like, so why did you hire me? (laughs) He's like, I hired them to teach them confidence, but they'll never get in a close combat like this. Back then, the war was far away from, they're shooting from far away from each other. So he's like, my soldiers will never use it. Um, I was like, I want you to build confidence. He says, I said, fair enough. I can give them enough confidence. If they get in a hand to hand, they can defend themselves. But then years later, the, the war changed. It became so close quarter combat that the guys end up choking out and knocking out more people than they shot.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> I also heard a rumor at one point that uh they were talking about maybe you fighting Mike Tyson. Did that ever did that ever happen? Or what, what do you think would have happened if that ever happened? I had to ask.
1: Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson actually accepted. And but his lawyers and uh, his management's and management people did not accept because Mike Tyson was in the prime of his time on, on, on boxing, and if you were to lose, it would be a disaster for boxing. So, but Mike Tyson wanted to do it, and he told me, I "Think he's he, we met before several times, and he's like, man, 'Man, I'm glad that I've got to fight you.'
0: <laughs> I would have loved to have watched that. So
1: again, like. please take me down. It's like, would it be over for boxing for me. And uh, yes, I do travel all over the country teaching uh, law enforcement, by the way.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I
1: travel, I've actually got a course coming up in Kansas next week. I'll be teaching in Kansas. Most, this will be, a, I'll go, I teach uh, the instructors. And they, they, then they go back to their department and teach the, 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 the police, police officers of the, their department. And I got two horses coming up in North Carolina last week in November, first week in December.
0: Excellent. Now, not only, um, so I know a lot of guys who, it's jujitsu isn't just great for, you know, self-defense and all that. It's kind of like, I know guys who kind of use it as a way of life. Like we had a guest on who was an LA police officer named Marco Nolan. I know he's a huge jujitsu guy, but like Johnny, for, for some of your guys or just veterans when they get out of the service... Uh, don't you think that jujitsu is like a good way to kind of, you know, keep mental health. I mean, there's, it's great workout, you know, it's, it's, it's combat to a point, you know what I mean, John?
2: Yeah, so I, I got lots of friends to include myself. Like they'll, they'll put time on the mat as they say, Royce, right. Let's go put time on the mat and they'll just roll and it. And we'll spend a couple of hours just going through holes and rolling around. And it, it's such an awesome workout. And it just, your your, you, your mind has to be, focused in what you're doing you can't be up rolling around on the mat and you're thinking about something going on back at work or you know some issue you have with your old lady girlfriend or whatever you're, like, you're going to stay focused on what's going on because you can end up getting hurt really bad um you roll the wrong way you're not paying attention to what, what you what the other guy is doing to you and it's a great workout because it gets you to like i, I don't want to say meditate but it's almost a way where you can isolate your thoughts into that moment and just work on and focus on what's going on right there and it gives you a little bit of an
1: escape of what's going on around you actually i heard that there's somebody was saying that they use jujitsu for therapy yes. i was like that's a good way to put it <laughs> that's
0: what
2: my ex brother-in-law did
0: hoist how often do you still um you know i guess tra- i mean i know you train other instructors do you still roll around a lot and do you still get into it hardcore do I look like I'm out of shape? No, not at all, actually. You look like you're in a... <laughs> Don't do that to me. Oh,
1: Mark. <laughs> do you... Do you... <laughs>
0: well, I, I, when, I, when I said I was in high school watching you, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very young, so you're just as young also. So my, my next question is... Now, when you were... I had to ask this one, too. Growing up with your brothers, do you guys always, you know, I know, you, yeah, you know, like Hickson, Hoyler, do you guys ever fight each other still, and, and who would win out of all of them? Is there a brother who's the best, in your opinion?
1: Who'd we, spar? Yeah. Who'd spar, who'd roll, It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not really a fight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can imagine. I can imagine. All right, Hoyce, listen, I know you've got an incredible busy schedule, and we can't thank you enough for coming on the show, but I did want to point out that I know you have a son who's joined the military now, and I wanted to say congratulations on that. You must be very proud. John, I'm sure, is very <laughs> happy about that.
1: I'm a big fan of the military the, and the service people in general, and law enforcement. Yes. Excellent. Thank
0: you. Excellent. Johnny, do you have any last words for Mr. Gracie before we let him get on his way?
2: I just, one quick question, Royce, uh, UFC 1, how old were you when you when you had that fight?
1: 26. 26? Um, yes, I was 26, but, I mean, there was other brothers, they were older, younger, they all had more fights than me, but I never had a fight before, and that's why my father put me in, wow. because it's, uh, he knew I wasn't the violent type, so... And the brothers and cousins, they would have done the same thing, but they would have, might have ended up beating up the opponent and taking blood out them, cutting them up and making them bleed. And so my father's order was like, no, no, you cannot hit your opponents. Do not hurt them. Subdo them. Show just clean technique. I was like, but father, they're going to be fighting and swinging at me. There's bare knuckle and no gloves. And He's like, do not hurt them. That was totally different orders than my mother. My <laughs> mother, was like, I want you to send them to the hospital. I want you to see blood. <laughs> like the mother was a mean one. Not the father. Your father doesn't know what he's doing. They doesn't know what he's talking about. I was like, Mom, that's Eddie Grace. She's like, I don't care. I want to see some blood. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mama's don't play. Yeah. Oh, now we know where you got it from, Hoyce. Now we know where you got it from. Well, Hoist, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Again, I know your schedule is incredibly busy. For those of you out there who don't know anything about Hoist, you can check out his website, which is www.hoistgracy.com. For you Americans, Hoist is actually spelled with an dot com. He is also on Instagram at TheRealRoyce. Johnny, do you have any final words for the one and only UFC legend Hoist Gracie? Right, so I always tell my soldiers
2: and everybody that works out and trains with me the same thing all the time: to have a purpose. Of what we're doing when we're training, and being in the military and, and law enforcement, right? So when we train, get your mind right, right, and, and have it in your head that when we're training, we're training to be hard to kill.
1: Everything's possible. <laughs> Every discipline to get up and go do it
0: absolutely everybody thank you so much for joining us once again we had the one and only hoist gracie we'll see you all next week have a great day everybody bye-bye thanks royce thank you hoist thank you guts and grit like subscribe comment
1: share